talked about the kingdom, uh, about being, we were born into the kingdom. We're not waiting till we get to heaven someday, you know, so that we can be successful and that we can walk in all God's goodness. No, we're living in the kingdom now. Is there, does that mean there's no heaven? No, I believe there is a heaven, but I believe there's a kingdom. And I believe the kingdom starts here even before we go anywhere. We talked last week that this is a place we're living in right now. And and it kind of goes along with Slusser saying, God is trying to slow us down. See, we miss the kingdom. We miss the glory of, of all that's God because we're so busy. Our mind is so busy, but he's trying to slow us down. But this week, I just want to talk about, I titled the message, Training for Reigning. Training for Reigning in the Kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, and this training is to make us more effective, okay, in our living and reigning here and now. You know, God wants us to be effective. God wants us to be successful. He wants us to be prosperous. Okay, and these things really begin to happen in the kingdom when we're, we're when we're flowing with Him. See, in the kingdom, we're basically flowing with Him, and in the kingdom, okay, uh, to live this life in the kingdom, it takes training. It's not natural. We've come out of the world and into the kingdom of God. We've come out of a whole way of Seeing, thinking to a whole new world of God. Okay? It's in, you know, before we were saved, before we were born again, before we were walking with God, we walked naturally. Didn't have to do much training in that. It was just natural. But now this whole thing, our whole world, you could say, was turned upside down when we got saved. And God began to do some training and teaching us. And But we must begin to, you know, open ourselves and to begin to, you know, to listen. And that comes with the slowing down, the slowing down and listening and to be willing to allow God to make changes in our life. You know, we don't want to stay in the same old place that we are today. I don't want to be where I am now, next year. I want to be in a better place. I'm not having, I'm not ready to go. Okay, I want to be around a while. Uh, But we want to be in a better place spiritually in a year from now or six months from now. There's an old saying, if you keep on doing the same thing, you will get the same results. And, you know, we don't want the same results. We, you know, we want some changes in our life. Bible talks about us in the kingdom of God. When we're in the kingdom of God, we've joined an army. That's what it's about. We're in the army. Okay. And uh, we are soldiers in the army of God. Okay. And Tony, can you put the first scripture up? I want to read where Paul talks about soldiers. Okay. See, in the church, it still can be about us. Our life can be about us. Okay? Centered or even centered around our own selves. But in the kingdom, God begins to change things. And God more and more becomes the center 
of our life. The, the, the one we're looking at, the one we're wanting to follow, the one we want to serve. Because I'll tell you, I was thinking about this this morning. Boy, walking in the Spirit makes life easy. And I don't mean we don't get trials and all this stuff. No, we have to go through things. But I'm talking about walking in the Spirit is, is being led by God. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't that be good if we could be led by every decision you made? God led you to it. Imagine that. Never, never, no questions, no mess ups, no wrong decisions. But that's what he's trying to get us to. We'd be trained soldiers, trained ears to hear God so that we can hear and we can be successful and we can make right decisions in our life. But let's read a few verses here. Paul talking about us being soldiers in the army of God. Thou therefore endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. So he's, you know, he's saying it's not always going to be so easy. You know, the things we're going through or can go through. And, and some of the things, a lot of the, what we, the things we go through are the things that we want to make a decision to go through to allow God to do what he wants to do in our lives. I'm not talking about tragedy, calamity. I'm talking about the trying of our faith, which is more precious than the gold that perishes. No man that warreth, okay, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully? The husbandman that laboreth must be first partakers of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, not that he's doing evil, but being accused of being an evildoer, preaching the gospel, causing trouble. Wherein I tr- suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that's for our sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Is that the last one? Yeah, that's the last one. So anyways, Paul's talking about us being soldiers, and sometimes it takes some enduring. Okay? Uh, But Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation. In the world you'll have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. Paul told us to put on the whole armor of God. And the reason he said to put on the whole armor of God, the shield of faith, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, all these things in our life, he says, put on these things. It takes something to put something on. When you get up in the morning, your clothes don't just jump on you. You know what I mean? You got to begin to, you know, tear off the old, put on the new, get ready. 
for your day. He's talking about for us to put on these things. We've got to be conscious of these things, thinking about these things. Put on these things. And he says the reason we put on those things, he says, that you may stand in the evil day, that you may be able to stand for God, stand and not be knocked down. But Paul talks about fighting the good fight of faith. He says, talks about fighting to stay in faith. It's easy to fall out of faith and to get weak. But that's our fight. It's a fight of faith. It's not a fight of works. It's not a fight a fight of trying to achieve something. It's a fight to believe and to hold on, to not let go. Next scripture, Tony. For the fight the good fight of faith, Paul says. Lay hold of eternal life. Grab a hold of this eternal life that you have. Grab a hold of it. Understand it. Grab a hold of it. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Okay? But that's our fight is the fight of faith. We're in an army. Okay? We're in a training period. But how do we fight? Well, we fight by faith. We, our fight is faith. Uh, when something comes your way, we're not manipulated by that. We're not by manipulated what we're going through. But we're keeping our eyes on where we're going. We're keeping our eyes on where God is bringing us. Like when he told the disciples, let's go to the other side. And they got in the boat and had all the storms, everything else. Okay? You know, we're going over there. And what happened? The storm came and they got their eyes on the storm. I mean, I can understand that. You know, this big major storm, the boat's ready to collapse. I go on cruises. If I seen that boat start having one, doing all this kind of stuff like that, I'm going to start. My eyes are going to get very big. You know what I mean? These were fishermen. Fishermen scared. You know what I mean? But they were going across. But see, Jesus slept through it. You know why? Because Jesus knew God. He walked He walked with his father. He knew. He knew. He trusted him. He knew God's plan for his life. He, Jesus knew. We're going over to the other side. I told these guys, let's go to the other side. He didn't say, let's go halfway and crash. Or flip over in this boat. He said, let's go to the other side. See, if they could have ever, and I'm not being critical of them by no means, but if they could have been in that storm, and in the midst of that storm, they could have their eyes instead of these big waves, looking and seeing the other side over there, seeing the land, seeing where they were going, keeping their focus where they were going. It would have been a big difference in the way they responded. See, our, our fight of faith is not getting hooked and, and, and trapped in what we're going through, what we're seeing with our eyes, but keeping our eyes on what God says. That's, that's a fight of faith that we operate. But when we operate in the kingdom of God, God wants to develop us. You know, when, you're, when you join the army, guess what? Um. You go into training. When I went in the Army, there's a thing called basic training. And the 
part of the purpose of basic training is you go in there and they rip out of you all your individuality. They break you down. Okay? They humiliate you. They do all kinds of stuff to break you down from your self-will. You know? And then what they begin to do is they begin to train you how to operate in command, to operate by listening to a higher order and being responsible to a higher order. It could be your sergeant. It could be the lieutenant all the way up there. But it's a great training because, you know, people go in there. And, man, because I remember I went in there. There's all kinds of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds. And, um, and, and, and you could tell when they went in there, they had, they had a different expectation of what this was going to be. See, it was good for me because I had an expectation. When I was going in, they're going to kill me. You know what I mean? I was going in there expecting the worst. That was, you know, that's just the way I went in there. You hear enough stories. And so I, I, survived. I didn't have a problem. I made it through basic training. I mean, it was tough. But I made it through there without a problem. But, you know, see, some guys, they're sitting there complaining. Like, I almost want to say to them, excuse me, what do you think this is? You know what I mean? What, do you, what did you expect, a cakewalk? You know, you must have heard about basic training and these crazy drill sergeants with the funny round hats who, uh, who are going to, you know, humiliate you and beat you up a little bit. But it, it, it turns us and, and, and it prepares us. It prepares us. To go to war. If when I, if we went and joined the army, and that day they say, okay, nice to see you guys join the party. Here's a gun or a rifle. Don't call it a gun. Here's your, here's your rifle. Here's your helmet. Here's your stuff. We're bringing you over. We got this war in Iraq, and we're going to bring you over there. Man, you'd, we'd be in serious trouble. You know what I mean? Be a bunch of people running around and not listening to the, you know, who's over you and getting killed and everything else and just just all kind of chaos. Well, we sometimes see that in the church sometimes. When, you know, when now, but you know what? The more in the church, God lets us train, be trained, and it stop being about us and start being about him and recognize we're in an army. Allow God to change us, to change us. And then we begin to become disciplined. And we become, and you know, discipline, you know, when you see these soldiers walk in, by the time they get done, by the time they get ready to graduate basic training, they're marching right face. And hey, everybody turns in unison. It just looks, you know what I mean? So perfect. People marching because they were trained and prepared and working together. Okay. So we're in training. And one of the things God is trying to make us, he's trying to make us slow down. He's trying to get us to slow down a little bit and listen. Listen, give him time to speak. He speaks in a still small voice. You know, God doesn't come up to us. Hey, uh, Audrey, um, now I want you to do, no, no, no. If Audrey wants to get some direction from God, she's going to sit there quietly before God. And she's going to seek, and she's going to be looking for him here, not here. She's going to look for a sensing, okay, inside her. And that's where God talks. But it requires 
getting quiet and learning, being trained to hear his voice. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. It's interesting. He uses the term my sheep. He doesn't say my lambs. A lamb is a baby sheep. He's talking about sheep mature. People that are mature, growing in God, allowing him to work in our life to develop us, can begin to hear his voice. That's a good thing. You know, because how many know that God wants to include us in what he's doing? A lot of times we're walking around, don't know what's going on. But how many know that God wants to include us in what he's doing? Okay, if me as a parent was going to be doing something major at home or something or whatever else, I'd like, I'd like to include my wife and tell my kids what I'm doing. You know, all of a sudden my wife sees me tearing down these walls and doing this. First of all, she said, my goodness, what are you doing with a hammer in your hand? But, uh, but anyway, let's say I did that for, you know, just for the joke of it. And I started tearing walls down. And she was saying, what the heck, what are you doing? Well, come you not include me? You know? Uh, but anyways, the Lord wants to include us to have us know what's going on. How about in Genesis 18, where, uh, and the Lord said, he's talking to Abraham, he said, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they should, it's interesting, he says, I will command, he will command his children. He will command his children. And his household after them, that they shall keep the way of the Lord. And to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. In other words, Bible describes Abraham. Abraham was the beginning of the nation of Israel that God called. He was the beginning of of now, or of restoration of humanity. He started with Abraham and brought him in. And the Bible said that God called Abraham a friend of God. Called him a friend of God. You know why friends usually tell your friends what's going on. But he was ready, and I think, and I should have looked this up, I believe this was when he was ready to go into Sodom and Gomorrah and to bring judgment, okay? And um, he's, God's saying, Man, I, should, I should go down and tell Abraham, you know, let him know what's going on around him, okay? But God wants us to. We're no different. We're the children of Abraham. We're the children. We're, we're his sons also. And he wants us to know what's going on. Amen. But if we want to hear God, we got to stop hearing in a way that's um, in a passive way, you could say, or in a way that, you know, yeah, that's good. You know, a lot of times, and I'm as guilty, probably more guilty than most people, get a word from God. Prophet comes through, gives you a word. And sit there, oh, isn't that wonderful? That's a nice word. But don't do anything with it. Passively hearing a promise 
or when God is sharing something from God's word where he's telling us something and we just um, look at it as a mere request. But you know, in the kingdom, we want to take what God says as commands like they should be. Okay? When we just look at them as just mere requests or promises, he wants something more. We take them as commands. We take it. We're hearing from a different level. We're listening like we're listening to a commander. If I was in the army and my commander said, all right, attend, hut, and I just pass over whatever else and never really listened to it, he'd probably be in trouble. He'd start yelling at me. Jenkins, you bonehead, what did I just say? I said, I, I was kind of busy there, sir. No. But you know what? When you're out there and you get ready to go in formation, you go out there and you kind of line up in the morning. And um, then all of a sudden when you've seen the sergeant and you see the officers start coming, you start to know something's getting ready to go here. You better prepare yourself. You better be keeping an eye on what's going on here. And then they come over and the sergeant says, company, attention. And you better be ready to go to attention because he's ready. Being attentive. And God wants us to be attentive that we hear the command and we're not just letting it go, but we're hearing it and we're obeying it. I thank God I was lucky when I was in my permanent station for 20 months. Man, I didn't like those formations especially in the morning when it was cold. I was in North Carolina, but I'm telling you something. It was cold in the morning, and we were lucky. We had one formation a week. The other companies around us on either side, they met every morning they had to get together. Some of them had three formations a week. I had a pretty good, you know, pretty good situation going there. But anyways, we get these orders, and we take them as orders. When God says something, we take it as an order order. Bible says you are bold as a lion. You know, oh, that's nice. That's good. Oh, wonderful promise. It's kind of neat. Okay, move on. No, you know, it's if an officer was standing there, the righteous are as bold as a lion. And that's the way God says his word to us, and God wants us to take that. I'm as bold as a lion. I'm taking the command, and I'm believing, and I'm standing on the command. I'm bold as a lion. God says, Jesus said, let your heart not uh, let your, uh, wait a minute. Let, okay, see if I look at it, I can do better. Let not your heart be troubled. Okay, Ben's going through something, and you, and all of a sudden you remember the word, let not your heart be troubled. Oh, that's nice. No, God wants you to say, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be troubled, Ben. You know, and you, yes, sir, I'm, I'm going to take that. Just as you say that. If we could take what he says, how he says it, and as serious and as important, let not your heart be troubled. Bless God. All right, I don't have to let my heart be troubled. Bless God, I'm going to go through this. My heart is not going to be troubled. My heart is not troubled. And we start acting like a person that's in command, that the commander gives the command, and I take the command, I take it serious. But that's what the Word of God is. 
is the command of God that we could take a hold of those promises, but not passively. By whose stripes you were healed. We don't have to beg God to heal. Don't have to beg God. We're his sons. I was working on my diet, and I'm still working on my diet. Got up to get on the scale. I got one of those, you know, doctor scales. You push the thing, and I'm timidly coming up and getting on it to check my weight. And uh, and I'm kind of, oh, come on, boy, come on, Lord, you know. And and I can't. Then one day I said, I said, no, no, no. You don't go up that timidly. Get on that scale. Okay, don't get on there like timidly. Oh, I got a big guy. Oh, God, help me lose my half a pound today. Oh, no, no, that's not the way we deal with God. So I said, I get on that scale. If that thing goes up 10 pounds, I'm going to cry. But, you know, I mean, but no. But if that thing, I'm just, I'm not going to be moving. God does not want us begging. We don't beg. You know, we don't beg God. We don't beg. We don't have to beg him. We don't have to beg him that we're healed. We just come in agreement and declare what he says. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, he hath no sorrow with it. He says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Don't just do a church thing, but do a kingdom thing. Don't be church. Remember what I said before? This church and this kingdom. Church is an assembly of people that gather together. But they can be such a mess and doing anything they want, in a sense. But God wants a kingdom. Uh, wait a minute here. I want to get to something. I'm going to skip over some notes here. Let's go to Joshua 1. Okay? I'm skipping over some notes. I'll send you the notes and you can read them. I'm going to read some verses here about Joshua. Joshua took over for Moses. Okay, remember Moses? He went to Egypt and he brought the children of Israel out of bondage. He went before Pharaoh. Here's this guy, Moses. One guy goes up to the Pharaoh, the the king of Egypt, most powerful man in the world. And he says to him, let my people go. Let my people go. You know what I mean? And then, of course, we know the whole story. God brought all the, the tribulations and the, and, and, and the uh, judgments on Egypt. And Moses kept going to him and saying, if you don't do this, you don't let him go, I'm going to do this. And finally let him go, and, and Moses took him out. And they were in a wilderness. Anybody remember how long they were in a wilderness? Was it? I did. I heard her. I heard her, but I, but she was getting that answer like, I'll get the answer, but we give so low, I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> you know, I was trying to, no. But 40 years, he brought him out. And for 40 years, God took him out of Egypt because he wanted to bring him to this land called Canaan. And he described Canaan as a beautiful land full of milk and honey and, and all kinds of fruit and a beautiful place. God says, you don't have the land, I'm going to give you a land. And, and it no longer would have taken them to come out of Egypt. 
to get to Canaan? About 11 days. But because they murmured, because they complained, because they kept it all about themselves, they murmured and they complained and they got stuck in a wilderness. They were not ready to go into the land. You know why they were going to go, why they were not ready to go into the land? It was a great land because God says they're going to have to drive out some enemies. The Canaanite, the Jebusites, and a bunch of different nations that were going to have to be driven out. They were given that land, but they had to go in and take it. If they would have ever came out with that attitudes they had, they would have never been successful. But God prepared them so they'd be successful. But it took a generation back then for them to become successful. So they went through all that 40 years. They wandered in this wilderness wandered around for 40 years until God raised up a next generation and he raised up another man to take over. Moses was a pastor. Okay? And I'm going to tell you something. That man was a pastor. That man was a pastor. That man, I'll tell you, with all those things that they came against him and all those attacks against him, you know what I mean? The temptation of just saying, hey, you want, go ahead, I'm out of here. But he, he lovingly took care of them. But 40 years later, it, didn't, it wasn't in one day, God prepared a man named Joshua. He was not a shepherd like that. He was a commander because he was going to take them into the land. They were now prepared to, you know, because they became an army. They weren't a ragtag nation coming out of a country enslaved with a slave mentality. But God changed them and broke them, prepared them that they became an army. Okay, let me read real quick and then I'm going to finish, okay? Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, he's describing all the land that God's given them. The river Euphrates and the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land which I swear to the fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe. Okay, be strong and very courageous for this reason. You know, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be, he's made you bold as a lion. He says, only be strong and very courageous for this reason, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, don't turn this page yet, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Okay, you want to have success, and you want to prosper? It's in the Word of God. That's where it is. It's the Word of God. The Word of God, that's the, that's it, finally. It's a living Bible. talks about the Bible being the living Word of God. Boy, get that Word in you. Get that Word. Read that Word. Give God a little bit of time every day and get that Word in us. That's how we become prosperous and have good success. I'm going to tell you something. We don't want to just wake up every day and say, Lord, I want to be prosperous and successful today. You know what I mean? And God would probably say if we could hear, sure, read your Bible. You know, you read your Bible. Okay, go on. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, with us, or where thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals, for within three days you shall pass over the Jordan, and go and possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. I think that's it, yeah. Amen. Amazing the difference. You know, we had an army now. God saying, man, be ready to go. It's yours. Okay? Stay, stay in the word. Stay in the command. Stay with me. Stay in the command. Don't just live your life. Don't just go on your way. Don't just fit God in somewhere. No, but put God. Look at his word. Let his word, let him be the one who instructs and leads our lives. And I'm going to just go up. It says in, uh, put the last scripture up, Tony, 2 Timothy 2.15. Paul says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. You want to not be ashamed? Rightly dividing the word of truth. How do I not be ashamed? Study. Study to show yourself approved. You know, not study so that we will be approved. Study because you study the word and you see the word, what it says. It shows you're approved of God. You're right with God. I made you right with God. I perfected you. All those things. That's why we need to study to see that we're approved of God. And then we won't be ashamed of those thoughts that come upon us because we fail or we screw up and we're ashamed of what we do. But God says, no, study and know that I've approved you. I've approved you. I've approved you. There's something powerful when we know that we're accepted. We're accepted by our Father. There's something powerful about that. Well, amen. I'm going to stop there. I skipped a whole bunch of notes because we had been here a long time. Um,